0: Reading from the Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto Ten, Chapter uh, Thirty, uh, uh, Text Chapter Thirty Six, te- Text Thirty Eight. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Sriya Kura Uvaca Vajan Manishitam Sadhrik Sadhrak Pavasvadhyamarjanam Siddhyasiddhyo kuryad, Taivam Hi phala Sadhanam Sriya Kura said, O oh King, you have expertly devised the process to fear yourself of misfortune. Still, one should be equal in success and failure, since it is certainly destiny that produces the results of one's work. Om Timarandasya Venañjana Shalakaya Taksur Udmalatam Yena Tasmai Sri Gurave Namaha Sri Chaitanya bishtam Stapitam Yena Bhutale <inaudible> Swayam rupa kadamayam dadati Sapadantikam Vanchakalpa turubhyasca kripa sindhu vayevacca patitanam pavanabhyo vaishnavedhyo lamo nama Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Sri Advaita Gadadhar Srivasadeghor Bhaktarinda Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. So greetings from New Jersey. I'm at the house of Kota Gopinath, Kishori Radha and family. So we've been studying this, um, Story. We're almost finished in one chapter. I think it takes three chapters. And it's a very important story because at the end of this story, well, Akura is going to take Krishna from Vrindavan. There's many different subjects there, but Krishna's going to take, Akura is going to take Krishna from Vrindavan. And Krishna is all attractive. We can't imagine how attractive Krishna is. And then there's going to be separation from Krishna, from his devotees. And that feeling of love is so intense that Krishna himself, that Krishna himself comes to, um, Krishna himself comes to experience that. He wants to experience the love of his topmost devotee, Sri Radha, at the height of her love. And that's the experience when they when Akura is taking them to Vrindavan. And of course the name Akura becomes very to the gopis, it becomes very ironic. Because Krura means cruel and a Kura means not cruel. So they say, What a joke. How can you call yourself a Kura being not cruel when you taken, you know, when you, when you, you've done this to us, causes the greatest pain. And even in Ramananda Samvad, the discussion between Ramananda Roy and Lord Chaitanya, the question is asked, what is the, what is the, you know, the greatest pain? And, and, but well, Chaitanya asked Ramananda Roy, their discussion, and the greatest pain is the separation from the devotee. because it's the thing that has the potential to give us the most happiness. And we're attached to happiness. Happiness is the goal. That's what Aristotle says. It's never the means for anything else. We say money can't buy happiness. We don't say happiness can't buy money. And if someone says, no, that's not the goal, the goal is something else. And Aristotle will say, no, that's just the means to get happiness. So it's a very important story. And also, we, we, you know, really reading the Bhagavatam, and, and really what we, we have to is, we have to understand what is the proper mind. And we have to be attracted to the proper mind. That's what the Bhagavatam is. It, it, you see the mind of Krishna. You see, and we're attracted to Krishna. Not just for his physical beauty, because of his mind. Which is full of love and compassion. So bhakti is, is we want to change our identity. We want to change our mind. So we have to actually have a goal. The whole process of bhakti is having a goal. S- sadhana bhakti means... That we're doing things for a goal, and the goal is Baba. So, how do we know about the goal? Through the people who have it and the stories about them. And we read the Bhagavatam, and it's specifically Akrura, we see what actually brings us to the goal. It's not that you turn on something immediately, it's a cultivation in a life. We were speaking about that this morning. What was it? It was a very relevant point. Yeah, we're reading the story in, um, we're reading the story in in Chaitanya Bhagavat, where Pandit's son dies, and then it's a whole story, and then Lord Chaitanya revises him, and and he gives, and he's explained. And, And it's a heavy fact to happen, that this life is not the all in all, because it's not the all in all, although we should take care of it, we should sacrifice the for the eternal. Brahmanda Brahmate, Konya Jeev, Guru Krishna Pasadipai, Pai, Bhakti Lata Bij, that we've been wandering from universe to universe. The illusion in this world is that, you know, uh, my residence is my eternal abode, my family and my eternal relationships. Anyway, we discussed this in a very, very balanced way, how we can't transcend things artificially and we have needs, etc. but on the ultimate platform, as Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita, asocanam vasocas pam pragyavadam syavasha segatasam although you're speaking learning words, you're fool. The wise does not lament for the living or the dead. It's not that kind of lamentation that the body is changed. And lamentation is for the ignorance of identification with it that causes the suffering. So there's a goal. And the goal is Krishna. The goal is our connection with Krishna. And the Kura shows how we move towards that. And we don't move towards that in a physical way. Where is God? It's not, we're not physically separated from God. We're separated from consciousness. And I like to quote from some acharya, contemporary charya that quoted some philosopher I don't remember. Where there is no circumference, the center is everywhere. It's not that you go millions of miles and then you attain God. You have to change your consciousness. And when you change your consciousness, you have God. So it's not easy to change the consciousness because we have to work through our desires to purify them. But Akura, he took risks, serving Kamsa for 12 years. You take risks when you understand it's the goal. I just got a heavy letter of someone telling me I shouldn't go out to the Hainam today. <laughs> Very heavy letter from a Godbrother affectionately. He said, my service is too important. It's too great a risk. I'll wear a mask and I'll safe distance. It's too late now for me to change my plans. But I, 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 But it's a question of risk. Yeah, we drive in a car. We can get killed. That's okay. What we risk assessment. So in that assessment, I I, I take I take the assessment of my my good health and strong immune system, and uh, safe distancing and wearing a mask. I'll be more careful this week for sure, because I got that warning. And, um, yeah. So he took risk, real risk, as he knew the goal. And then he was carried there by his mind. And, and, and what carries us there? By it's just our desire. We are with Krishna, really, basically, when we desire. Of course, it's Krishna's mercy. We can't force it by our effort. But our effort expresses our desire, and our desire can attract God. And God is merciful. So we see that story, and we see Akura's mind. That's the the real juicy part of this story. And uh, we're going to... Get to that after some time. Um, and of course, the other thing that was so powerful is is he served the devotee. He served Krishna's father by protecting him from his diplomacy. Was it was enabling him to protect him from from Kamsa. So anyway. Some arrangement is made, Ati and Nugraha. A crew is amazed. You know, somehow or other, this was God's arrangement. And, and Narada wanted Krishna to come to Mathura for the sake of the pastimes, and also in a practical way to save his parents. Vasudev and Devaki, who were being kind of abused by Kamsa. So he instigated it. And he knew just because he's so smart, he knew just what to say. He just told them, Look, you know, you're sending you're sending all those demons to kill all, you know, try to kill all the people that were born, you know, because you heard this of But actually Vasudev cheated you. He took the he took the he took the eighth child and and, and, and what you saw was the daughter of Yusoda, who he, he switched him for, and, and and he was inciting Kamsa. You bring Krishna and Balaram, you bring Krishna and Balaram to Mathura, And then Kamsa makes an intricate plan to do so. And now we're at the part where he, he, he tells Akura, in very, very diplomatic way. It, it, it's also Sanskrit is tantric, tantra. He has very expert ways. All these people you'll see at these high positions, whether it's Kamsa, whether it's Vasudev, whether it's Akrura. I have a little audience, so my eyes are not just on the camera here. So it, it's, they all have diplomatic skills and diplomatic skills means how to move a person's mind to where you want it to go by fake news. (laughs) Basically. You can't move a person's mind there by the truth. You can move it there by alternative facts. And... So Narada was expert at that by creating this scenario and where, and then Vasudev was so expert at his diplomacy with Kamsa, and Kamsa was also had expertise. He had this ability to, you know, he he had the ability to convince. A, because I think in a particular part of the story, his ministers had a different idea, and he turned them around to his way. So, and really, actually, a devotee is truthful; he's straightforward. But higher than truth is ahimsa, nonviolence. So sometimes, to save someone, you have to influence someone's mind not to do it. And you can use any technique you want to do it. But we see the different, we see the different mentalities here. You know, of, of, you know, it's it's also the Bhagavad Gita, the 17th chapter, the divine and demoniac natures. And what's the divine nature and what's the demoniac nature? It all depends what your faith is. What you trust is the goal. If you trust as the goal to enjoy and control the world is the highest happiness and truth, then you'll do anything to achieve that goal. And that's the demoniac the nature. And if your goal is to attain God, you'll see the world through God's desires to serve. And actually that's what Maya is. What, what illusion is, what the illusion of the world is, is to see it as separate from God because of your desires to have that feeling of, of, of superiority and control. As soon as you have that desire, it affects the way you see things. And we see this in the world of relationships with people. If you ever dealt with a person who is narcissistic and lent them money, they will see their, your money is theirs. It just affects people's consciousness, how they see the world. They see it according to their desires. And they'll do anything. And, and therefore, how does a devotee get out of Maya? By serving Krishna. Because when you serve Krishna, you begin to see the world as his, which is reality. If you wanna serve Krishna, then you'll you'll see the world for what it is, which is Krishna's world. That's why karma yoga is powerful. We have desires. We want things for ourselves. By giving the results to Krishna, we begin to see the world as Krishna's. And the interesting thing is, if you have a demoniac desire, it will never be fulfilled. And if you have a spiritual desire, it will always be fulfilled. Because you can't be the Lord and master of all you survey, but you can be the servant of Krishna. And Krishna's in control. So if you change that desire, and that's the purpose of associating with, with, with advanced devotees, that's the purpose of hearing the, the Bhagavatam, to change your desire by appreciating, I, I quote Voltaire so often, such a good quote, that which we appreciate belongs to us. So if we actually appreciate and desire, it's changing that desire. That's kind of the focus of bhakti, it's this desire in our hearts. And what is the advanced Krishna consciousness? The platform by which you attract Baba into your heart is called a sakti. And what is asakti? It's, it's such an intense desire where the only desire in your consciousness is, I want Krishna, the service of Krishna. If we look into our hearts, we'll see a myriad of desires. When that becomes our prime, so how do we do it? How do we do it? First of all, we have to get faith in the goal, and we get that by hearing. Hearing both what is not the goal, which is to enjoy and control the world, and also hearing what is the goal. And what happens is, is when you hear Shastra, you hear the sacred text and you begin to apply it in your life, you begin to see that this is reality and you develop what's called Shastriya Shraddha, you develop faith in the scriptures. So when you hear it, it's not just logically true to you, it's faithfully true to you, it's not blind. Just like if you were sick, but you, you had good relationship with a doctor and they tell you something, you execute it. Even though you didn't understand it, but it's not blind faith, it's reasonable faith, based on your experience. So we actually hear the shastra and apply the shastra in our life and get the fruit of that, which is the elevation of consciousness. We develop faith. And then our hearing is so much more powerful. I, I tell the story of that great soul, Dr. Fakir Mohan, and he came to one of my puriyachas. And somehow I got him to give class and he looked out at the audience and I explained to him, these are the Sanskrit students from Vrindavan from our our our, our Sanskrit school. And he looked out at them when he began the class and he said, who is Shastra Gya? Who actually knows the Shastra? And they were looking at him and then he answered, it's, it's dramatic. He said, one who... One who practices. Because when you apply something that's true, you realize that it's true. It's just like if you had a wise parent or something that gave you instruction, you didn't do it, and then you suffered and, oh, oh my God, my father was right, my mother was right. You know, then you develop faith. And then you can apply those instructions and deepen your faith. And not, it's, then it's not, it not only becomes intellectual, it becomes experiential. Because it would elevate the consciousness and happiness is elevating the consciousness. When your perception of reality is higher, your contentment is higher. Reality is beautiful. Your fear goes. So it's a process, and it's not easy, but it begins, it begins with hearing. And, and, and now this is a very interesting verse, because Akura is telling you, you, have expertly devised a process to free yourself of fortune. So he's trying to encourage him. He, you know, he, he, he wants to go. To Vrindavan. So he doesn't want Kamsa to change his mind. And it's Kamsa who, who, had, who had this plan. And the plan was to bring Krishna there. And Narada Muni and Akura did everything to convince Kamsa that this was the best idea. Because Kamsa would say, we'll go to Vrindavan and kill him. He said, he'll hide in the forest. You'll never find him. And you come here and then they devised this intricate plan and he trusted Akrura because Akrura also had Akrura create the alternate reality in Kamsa that he was his best friend. He was very, very careful what he said. So even in these verses, he's going to very, very subtly, like, you know, I'm your man. So he says, You've devised a process to free yourself of misfortune. And actually, he has. He's going to get killed by Krishna and he'll liberation. So he has a way of speaking in that way. Um, still, it's destiny. It's destiny. And and that's always a question because can destiny be superseded by hard work? Um, You can't really supersede destiny. You can supersede the results of destiny. You don't have to suffer by something that's meant to give you suffering if you learn how to look at it in the right way. And I, 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 a good example was it, you, your karma may be you get a bad hand in poker. Now I'm sure all of you here play poker. So it's a very relevant. If you get a bad hand in poker, that's your destiny, but you can play the hand and still win. But, but generally you'll fold the cards, but you can play the hand. So in that way, you can change your destiny or there's a road and you have to go on the road. Okay, you can pave the road. They have to go on that road. Or there was an argument, there was a discussion of this in the mob bar between Yudhisthira and Droghadi, you know, and You know, if it rains and you plow the ground you and, and, and weed and do the work, you'll get good food. And if you don't, you won't. So your hard work creates your destiny. Right? If you don't do it, you won't get anything. And if you do do it, you will get something. But then you just there say, well, what if it doesn't rain? So... And here, he's telling him, you devise the process. And, and this was a point that was made made in, in, in the uh, story here before with Kamsa's plans. But I really like this point that um, you can make your plans, but, but within your plans, understand that Krishna is a controller. And therefore, the limit of your plans. So... And that's what he's telling him here, but you should be equal in success and failure, because even though you made a good plan, it may not work out. And this is such good advice, because we're not the controller. So we invest as devotees in free will to change our future destiny. But what happens to us, we have to see if it's Krishna's will or not. And I wrote that article, The Yoga of Slander and Sickness, with a basic point from the Stoic philosophy, happiness and distress, slander and praise, sickness and health, it comes from Krishna. So really with one from vision, what's the difference? What we have to do is you have to invest in the appropriate response to what happens to you. And if you're a stoic, if you're a ghani, you're really detached. Because you're investing in your consciousness, not things. And your consciousness is by your actions. And everything that comes to you It has a fruit of realization. And that's, that's what you value, because the realization will bring you to a higher level of consciousness, not things. We may live peacefully. We may do so many things to be peaceful. But ultimately, the real peace is when you use that mind to Focus on Krishna. So we'll read the next verse. An ordinary person is determined to act on his desires even when fate presents their fulfillment. Therefore, he encounters both happiness and distress. Even though such is the case, I will execute your order. So, we have to know that God has spoken loudly that this is our faith. And if you try to go against that, you'll be miserable because suffering is when your attachments are frustrated. So when you have that attachment, but when you see it's fate, when you see it's fate, then you shouldn't act on desires against that. Like someone unfortunately has terminal illness and God may have spoken so loudly. Your service now is to take another body. So we should try to save life as, as I have a little audience here, so sometimes I'm not looking at the ca- camera. We, we, we should try to save life as far as possible. Um, um, what was my last point? Um. Anybody in the audience here? We should have faith. What's
1: that? Something about faith. Um, when your attachments are... What? Uh, when your attachments are...
0: Uh, okay, uh, yeah, you got it. Right, right. Okay. That, that You were listening. That was great. The adults in the audience could not answer. The young 13-year-old girl, she um say it again
1: when your attachments are um in distress you're, su- you're suffering
0: when your attachments are in distress in distress right let me see if i get the point here again it's it's um right wait, wait what. what I'll t- I'll tell one story that will illustrate the point, then the philosophical point will come that was made. There was one lady dying in Vrindavan. She went around the world for miracle cures. She came to die in Vrindavan. John and Mother Jagatarini kind of guiding her. And Iandra was coming and doing kirtan every day. And then... It illustrates this point so well that um, a person determined to act, and even fate, presents the fulfillment of their desires. So, about towards the end of her life, she said, "I want to go back to Australia," and Borijan would, you know, wouldn't interfere with her desire myandra was furious with her but the next day her health went down so that it was impossible for her to go. So I saw what happened what happened to her was what happened to her was is that she changed her desire. she gave up the desire to live. which was not her fate, her fate was not to live longer. So she, fate was prevent, preventing the fulfillment of her desire. But as long as she had that desire, she'd encounter distress. Because that's what distress is, where the world goes against your attachment. So she decided, okay, that's Krishna's will, I will, will, will die. I will leave the world then you see all her anxiety was gone because that's giving up the false ego. The false ego is the, the conception that roots us in the body is this conception that I am the controller and the enjoyer and I am superior. That's what roots you in the body. So as soon as she gave up that desire that was against her fate, then she was relieved. Sukadeva Goswami said, having thus instructed Akura, King Kamsa dismissed his ministers and retired to his quarters, and Akura returned home. Thus ends the purports of the humble servants of his divine grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, to the 10th canto, 36th chapter, the Srimad Bhagavatam, entitled The Slaying of Arista, Arista, the Bull Demon. So now... Akura is going to go. You know, this is basically... And, and actually, it was very nice. He gave Kamsa some philosophy. And why did he give Kamsa some philosophy? Because Kamsa did something wonderful for him. He said, take that chariot and go pick up Krishna, which was his life desire. So he got mercy from Kamsa. And he on the trip, he's just amazed. I'm going to Vrindavan by the Nugraha of Kamsa, it would would be like some of these people in the audience saying, you know, by the Atiyanugraha of Donald Trump, (laughs) you know, somehow or other, for some of the audience, not all the audience, I'm I'm in a Republican stronghold of New Jersey, so, (laughs) but you can understand, The Ati Anugraha of Kamsa. The Ati Anugraha of Kamsa. That he was able... So he was so grateful. Kamsa, so he, he, he wanted to reciprocate with him. And how did he reciprocate with him? What mercy did he give Kamsa? Instructions. The affection... Of a parent or a teacher to the child, the disciple, the student, the affection, the, it's called the nugraha, the mother or father's love for the child is called the nugraha mercy because the parent feels this. I'm giving mercy. You need me. You're not capable. That's the mother's mood. But when you have that mood towards someone that you need me. What do you give them? Instruction. Instruction. That's the greatest love. Because we're suffering by ignorance and, and, and knowledge destroys ignorance. So it's it, the anugraha. So he gave him some anugraha, he gave him some instructions. And then, but he, he still knew Comps's nature. So what is Comps's nature is? He sees the world according to his desires, and someone goes against that desire, they're in trouble. So what did he tell them? Um, he told them, "Go now." But, but Akura couldn't go now, because it was at night. And the problem with being at night, first of all, it's very hard to find a way. It's not lit up. And Akur again was very smart. If he's gonna deliver this heavy message, you don't do it when Krishna is and Balarama are leaving for the forest. You do it when they return. And then you can get them just before they're going. And because that chariot was new and at this point, I'm going to repeat it again. Bhakti means to offer the best. So you don't offer remnants to Krishna. Remnants are not the best. So you don't offer remnants to a superior. You can offer remnants to a subordinate, the remnants of Guru, the Krishna, but to a superior. So the chariot was new and actually all this is happening on a codice. So Kura is fasting. He's staying up all night. Anyway, that's the, that's the system on a codice. Bhakti Janati madhavatiti: the days of Lord give birth to devotion. So, so he follows the codice and, you know, they were of a higher, even, Generation ago in India, people would, Akkadasi, the Vaishnavas, they would eat once on the day before, stay up all night. No, no, they'd eat once the day before. The next day in Akkadasi, they wouldn't take food or water. Then they would stay up the following night all through Akkadasi chanting, and then they eat once the next day and they wouldn't sleep the next day. And when I asked a friend of mine who, who lived in so many ashrams with these senior Vaishnavas, how do they do it? He said, it's like a muscle. It's like a muscle. They exercise their discipline. And then they're able to do this. And what does Akura do? He, he stays up all night. He doesn't sit on the chariot. Okay. Okay, good luck. Thanks, thanks. The Sailor football team now is leaving for their game. They're a little bit nervous. First game of the season? No. What's your record?
1: <laughs> Not good. No? Not good. I think
0: 0-3 Really?
1: The reps are bad.
0: What? The referees aren't (laughs) good. Wow. Okay. Somehow or other, that's my inspiration to finish the chapter today. Uh, Anybody, Jamuna Jaya wouldn't be here, but anybody have a, uh, some realization they want to share? Some Reflection on the class, something they took away.
1: I just wanted to share how, when you were speaking about how we're separated from Krishna by our consciousness, and the focus of Bhakti is to change that desire in our heart to serve Krishna. Okay,
0: I'll just give coming attractions. For Monday morning greetings. Really was a tough one. And I had to, I know it'll come out, but it took so much work. And basically, let me see if I can read the title. Are the aspects of Indian culture Srila Prabhupada brought to the West essential to the cultivation of bhakti? Are they essential to the cultivation of bhakti? See, because it's not just writing. Oh. Thank you, Rati. How long was this off? How long was this off, Rati?
1: whole time. Uh, we, could hear, we could hear you speak. You just can't hear people who were uh, speaking during the questions. That's all.
0: Oh, my God. I forgot to put that in. How do you hear me? Because the, the, the regular it's got, mic... Pixel, it's coming through the laptop. Oh, okay. It wasn't so bad. Otherwise I'd be, you see, I I gave the other class and then I drove, I was dropped off here and it kind of creates the mode of passion and loss of memory. Um, So, so it's very, very, because when you write these Monday morning greetings, it's not just writing. You have to figure them out. It's actually a very, very subtle point. And that's what I really like. I really like to conceptualize and express philosophy. But it's really interesting to understand what is a principle and what is a detail. One time, Buryajan Prabhu asked that to Prabhupada. How do you know what is a principle? The things that every teacher has to give and what is the detail? You know, an application of that principle that can change from one teacher to another. And um, Prabhupada gave a very good answer. He says it takes intelligence, and I saw that I really had to use mine. But one of the, one of the interesting parts of it, I dealt with two topics. One was dress. I'm giving you coming attractions. One was dress, and one was music. And um, it was interesting because I had to research the shastra to see if the clothes that Prabhupada brought were the dress of Krishna. But an interesting point came out that if you look at Krishna's pastimes, he lives in a Varnashram society that has a particular culture. So obviously, when it's reflected in the world, it sometimes becomes covered in India by hundreds and hundreds of years of foreign evasion. But when you sift through it, you can actually find out What was that original culture? It's the culture that is best to facilitate devotion. Then the second point I had to figure out, I'm giving coming attractions here, is um, to what extent that what Prabhupada brought was a principle of that culture or an application of it. Like, for example, we know the harmonium, was a German instrument. But the medunga is described in Shaitanya Mapu's pastimes. So when I did the music thing, it was really interesting. One of my students is the, uh, the director of programming at the Yale school of sacred music and his specialty is percussion. So really an interesting discussion on the medunga and what is Indian classical music, how the the indigenous instruments that are mentioned in Krishna's pastimes are specifically suited to parallel the voice. Because music was really based on creating a mood for Leela, the pastimes of Krishna, and the name of Krishna, enter your heart. That was actually the purpose of it. So they were particular, and and the voice was the main instrument. So those instruments, which are the vena, the bamboo flute and the medanga were particularly attuned to to support the voice. And um, especially the medanga, which is made out of clay and the it has a specific timbre or sound that's very suitable for that. And, and very be- beats that are, so is really interesting. And then of course discussing dress was very interesting. That the word dhoti comes from dati. But the Bengalis pronounced the A as an O. So it became dhoti. And it's from a, 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 a word that's translated in describing Krishna's dress and the dress of the residents of Vrindavan. Dati, they say. Or it was the. So very, very, very interesting. But I, 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 anyway, I, I, I'm. I, I, but I also said. Obviously, one can perform any of the activities of bhakti and most any other activity wearing the clothes normal to one's own culture. And I think few will deny that in many circumstances. um, Wrong one, excuse me. Just having some fun here. One second. Here's the one. I think fuel deny that in some circumstances wearing a dress that is foreign to one's audience can be unsuitable in in introducing them to Krishna consciousness. When we understand that the externals would distract them from resonating with the eternal truths that they are presenting. We also don't usually go to work in traditional dress and may address our dress to accommodate the weather where we live. Still wearing devotional dress invokes an identification with Krishna bhakti that is favorable to the cultivation of devotion. And we shouldn't minimize the importance of that effect. We worship Krishna as a person. And his being a person mean he has his own proclivities and preferences, including in dress and music. In fact, in both Krishna and Gaurlila, he lives in a society supported by Van Ashram. This indicates that he favors such a culture. When we sift through the foreign influences that have covered India for hundreds of years and separate out India's tra- original traditions we'll find the culture that best represents what Krishna likes and is therefore best the best environment to support the growth of devotion. These cultural artifacts may include rules and customs that are daunting to follow, and we may have to adjust them in order to flourish in a foreign soil. To know how to make those adjustments requires we first understand and honor the principle of that culture. It's a gift that Srila Prabhupada gave us. Anyway, uh, it, it's not fully edited. Um, but I wanted to give you a little something more. Okay, anybody want to say hello or make a point? And then we'll, we'll go. Hi,
1: Krishna
0: Maharaja, Sri Rupa. Sri Rupa, you really liked the class this morning, huh?
1: I did. That was so sweet.
0: With with Tamal Krishnamaraj coming in as Santa Claus.
1: I had never heard that story before.
0: Well, Kalachandri told it live.
1: I would I would not have believed it had I not heard it firsthand.
0: It's so sweet though. Yeah. yeah,
1: really sweet. Okay. I really liked your point before about when you were speaking about how we're separated from Krishna by our own consciousness.
0: Yeah. The
1: focus of Bhakti is to change that desire. And we get that faith by hearing what is the goal and what is not the goal. So I want to thank you for providing so many opportunities for us to hear Thank that. you
0: so much, Shri Hi Haribo. Anybody else like to say anything? Or say hello?
1: Hare Krishna Maharaj, this is Maladi.
0: Nice to see you. Haribo. Thank you.
1: thank you i uh, i really appreciate your point about that that destiny can be set but our experience or the results can be influenced
0: that's really powerful oh yeah right our decisions determine our fate or future Mm -hmm. but that fate or future will come and once that's destined that's coming but we can change the future Mm -hmm. okay good And in that sense, alter our destiny. Okay, anybody else? Okay, I'm gonna go now. Most of you said hello this morning. Okay, it was great being with you all. Thank you.